Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of your favourite podcast, Here Make This. If you sit around on the piss shit-talking stupid ideas with your mates, then this is the podcast for you. Each week we discuss, debate, and critique unique ideas for products, services, movies, and TV shows, from the downright absurd to the mildly plausible. Each episode we sketch our ideas and discuss their merits whilst attempting to justify why someone else should create them. My name is Matthew Larko Larkin, and with me as always is Andrew Jackers Jackman. If you want to join in on the fun, you'll find all the sketches for the episode and others on social media at Here Make This. Welcome, Jackers. Hello, Larko. How are you doing, buddy? How good? I'm doing well. How good is the Melbourne weather right now? It's lovely. Glorious. Glorious it is. It is very nice to see a bit of sunshine. That is for sure. Magnificent. I, um, I'm so excited to see you, mate. It's always such a highlight of the week. Uh, I'm keen to hear what idea you've dragged out for uh, the show tonight. I'm going to have another rant. Would that surprise you, <laughs> Rocco? <laughs> Not at all. Another, I love a good Jacker's rant. Another little rant. Um... About cars. Oh, hmm. okay. Hmm. Interesting. About time. What have had it coming? What have you? What have you got? I um, we're talking about a subject that is very, very near and dear to both of our hearts, Jackers. Alcohol. <laughs> Inspired by uh, the last couple of years. Uh, of COVID, mm-hmm. and it also ties into another one of our great shared loves, rock and roll. Ooh, nice rock and mix. or roll. Lovely little mix there. I'm very excited to hear about that idea, Larko. Likewise. It's going to be a good show. I can feel it in my waters. <laughs> but uh, for those of you who are new to the show, welcome aboard. Uh, thank you very much for dialing in. Um, for those people who don't know who your hosts are just yet. That's a great idea. We should do that every episode. Yeah. I think it could be a regular feature. <laughs> we should yeah, put that into the mix in the uh, on the run sheet. Let's put that on the run sheet. Put it on the run. Write that down, Jack. Just write that down. A permanent fixture on the run sheet, I reckon. That's a yeah, great idea. Let's do that. Let's do that. And yeah, put it in. Type it in. Print it out. Um, hopefully the printer works. <laughs> if, if Jackers... Were a cover version of a song, oh, yeah, it would be Faith No More's version of the Black Sabbath song "War Pigs," which you may know this, Larko, is my favourite cover song of all time. So you could not have picked a better song. I thought you'd say that. I'm really glad to hear that. I agree. It's in my top twenty for sure. The reason why I've picked it for you, Jack, is it's faithful to the original. With a bit of extra sweetness mm-hmm. to make it possibly even more enjoyable mm. than the original. Whereas Larko would be Madonna's version of Don McLean's American Pie. Just goes on a bit. <laughs> Butchered. <laughs> Butchered, I would say. <laughs> Absolutely butchered classic. <laughs> Didn't need to be touched. Didn't need to be touched uh, not, at all. Not required. <laughs> not required. <laughs> at all. <laughs> at all. And you butchered it. 
Oh, Jackers, I'm so excited to talk to you about this idea this week because it's a fairly recent one. I might have skipped over a few ideas to bring this one to the table this week because it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it just felt like, oh, I'm going to crack into this one while it's fresh. I, Jackers, everybody's buying crazy shit at the moment on lockdown. Uh, in lockdown, buying the old online purchases. Mm. Um, for myself, I've been buying lots and lots of records online. Crazy. Like I'm buying stuff all the time because we're not spending a lot of money on going out and doing stuff. So, you know, the uh, the money's sort of sitting there and all of a sudden you think, oh, geez, I've got a bit of money burning a hole in the skyrocket. So I've been buying lots and lots of records. As you know, I collect records. Yeah. I've started collecting T-shirts, Jackers. Mm. I found a website where you can buy T-shirts, like bands and movies and stuff like that, yeah. and they're not overly expensive. So I've been buying T-shirts like the wind very much in a very obsessive, compulsive style. You, if can I just butt in for a little bit? You do have a, uh, what's, the, what's the word? Um you do have a fascination with collecting some things, don't you? Yeah, I do. I I remember back in the day, you used to have the most magnificent <laughs> VHS tape collection. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, of movies. <laughs> Sorry, le- <laughs> legitimate, hardcore, no, yeah, yeah. legitimate movies. Yeah. How did that investment go down, Larko? Not too good. <laughs> I don't have one of them anymore. Uh, it's been a gradual pro- – you're absolutely right. If I actually sat down and thought about the money that I've spent on, first of all, VHS tapes, mm-hmm. then DVDs came along, obviously. Mm-hmm. So then I had shit loads of DVDs. And obviously we then started to move to, um, you know, the hard drives and having you know, the movies available saved onto your hard drive. And so, yeah, my DVD collection, I just got rid of all that too. I, I now have a collection of Blu-rays, yep. right, which even that sounds a little bit sort of outdated really, but I've got my top 20 favourite movies of all time on Blu-ray. Yeah, well, that's that's I've, okay. I've kept them. Yeah. Because I like all the special features and all that sort of stuff. James. Yeah, and I don't think you're ever going to see another physical media that no. replaces Blu-rays. That, that was it. That was the pinnacle. And now it's all gone on to online, obviously. That's right, streaming and yeah. But I think that collecting and- um, collecting LPs is is probably that's going to be timeless. I hope so because yep. yeah, I mean, in, in terms of music, when I was a kid, I always uh, I had tapes, jackets. Like remember tapes? Yeah, yep. the old tape on album, and then I had shitloads of singles. Remember singles? <laughs> I had singles jackets, and it took me a long time to warm up to the idea of um, CDs. Mm-hmm. And of course, after a while, you have to give in because that's the way it's going. The shops didn't have tapes anymore in the same way that they didn't have VHS tapes anymore. So it's like righto. So I converted across to the CD, and I had the, a massive collection of CDs. Have you still got uh, your CDs, or did you get rid of those too? I I have. I've kept the CDs as like backups. I got rid of the covers and all that. Well, I didn't get rid of the physical 
um, you know, the booklets and stuff. The it, booklets, the inserts, yeah. But I got rid of all of the plastic, yeah. and I've just got them there just in case. I really don't need them, but they're there just in case because obviously now everything is on an iPod. I've got an iPod that's got my yeah. whole music collection yeah. on there. Do you reckon the I'm, CDs are going to come back like LPs have? I don't know. I would be surprised if they did because I just don't feel like they were as good as records. Yeah. Somehow. And they just don't have the same cachet in terms of it being kind of cool and um, retro. If my memory serves me correct, uh, whilst the clarity of CDs is better, the dynamic range that a CD can record, which is all of the, the frequency ranges it can record, is is not as good as LP. I believe that is correct. You might have to Google that one. Stop and Google. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the thing to get to, this is a big segue, but I, I love something that you can sit and hold. I mean, I like changing the record over. Like a lot of people are like, oh, but you've got to stand up and you put the record on, then you've got to turn it over halfway. I like all that. Mm-hmm. And I like going to a shop and having a rummage and finding something. I've, mm. I've rediscovered record fairs and stuff like that. I bloody love it, Jackets. Yeah, so there's a kind of a, an event part of your collection as well. There's the, the finding. Yeah. The finding's enjoyable too, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I got a Hall & Oates uh, record today. Oh, did you? How good is Hall & Oates? I don't mind a bit of Hall & Oates. Do you know what? I've Same got, here. Here's an interesting piece of... Um, uh, insight to Andrew Jackman. Like, I yes. would never have told you this before. Yeah. I have a tradition on a Sunday where I cook pancakes with bacon. Nice. And I've been doing this for 18 months. What I time get up does on, that usually start? Uh... Oh, I get up. Well, <laughs> bit of, bit of sleep in on a Sunday. Maybe I'm up at, yeah, 8.30 maybe. Around about. Yeah, I'll see you then. And I whack on the old Spotify, mm-hmm. a Hall and Oates playlist. Really? I'm not joking. I and every Sunday I play a Hall and Oates um, playlist. Oh, and I don't fantastic. know. I don't know why. Why I do that? Oh, I think I know why. I, uh, the their song. Um, you make my dreams come true. You make my dreams come true, which would be their yeah. most popular song, is a yep. good little kind of pick me up Sunday 100%. morning, get you going, make you feel good. Yep. You know, kind of kind of song. And yeah, that's the best. that's exactly why I like I put that on and then obviously it just plays all their top tracks. And uh yeah, that's a little tradition I've been doing for probably 18 months like, now. That is unbelievable. That's so cool. They have they had some fantastic oh, songs. Oh man, some of their songs. So are many so good songs. Good. So good. And do you know what I noticed about a lot of their songs? They do their little kind of four bar intro, and I reckon fifty percent of their songs does a a key change before the um before the before the um singing starts. Really? Have a listen. Yeah, a lot of their songs okay. do that. Interesting. Yeah. But that song, you, you Make My Dreams Come True, is it's often used as uh, in a montage in a movie, yeah. you know, when something's happening and it's kind of good. Well, I got. It's just the best. It's a pick me up. Just a, get on to it. Get on to it. I love it. But I can't remember what we was talking about, Jackus. Mate, let's keep talking about Hall of Notes. 
I can't believe that we got to this place. I got I segued and I've I've forgotten where I was going in the first place. Okay, so we're talking music, and uh, and, and I mentioned at the top that we were talking about alcohol. So and lockdown purchases. That's where we That's were. Right, yeah, yeah. Brought us back. Right. So one of the crazier lockdown purchases. I should have. Hang on. Hang on. One sec, Jack. I'm going to. Oh, you know what you've seen. Um, I got uh, a couple of notifications from um, like on social media and on websites and stuff. One of my favourite bands, or one of our favourite bands, Australian band You and I, were releasing a limited edition beer, and it was being made by a brewery. And so I was like, I have to have some of this beer. And I was just like, you know what, I'm going to drink the beer. I'll probably keep the cans, some of the cans at least, as a bit of a keepsake. And I do have one here in, uh, at my band room at home. And um, I bloody love it. So I, I went online and I ordered those things. But having said that, it was a difficult process because they were sold out. So I went onto the waiting list and then eventually they got back to me and I ordered them and it was this whole big thing. Um, the most expensive beer I've ever bought in my life. I. I hesitate to tell you how much. In retrospect, it was. Absolutely. I've drank nearly all of them. Um, I actually gave one to you the other day, Jackers, because I love you so much. It was very nice. And I'm not a fan of the IPAs. Yeah. uh, But that one was very nice. Good to very good. It was was interesting because uh, I got a phone call from them after I'd ordered them and paid for it and everything. I got a phone call saying, um, oh, look – Free postage is something that we offer on our website, but uh, it's sort of within 30 kilometres of where the brewery is. Um, you're in a, the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne. We're in the foothills of the Snowy Mountains. We're going to have to charge you some postage. Yeah, they didn't, they so didn't quite make, make it clear up front, did they? <laughs> no. After you've purchased them, then they hit, they hit you with the postage. It was an extra 15 bucks to have them sent to me, Jack, because the hits kept coming. But it was, by that stage, it was I was past the point of no return. But what did they anyway, end up costing you per can, do you reckon? Well, again, I'd have to use mathematics to be able to work that out. But I got 12 and it would have cost, well, let's just say I didn't get much change out of 100 bucks. I'm going to bring up the calculator here, Larko. <laughs> Okay. That was a, a very expensive beer you gave me on the weekend. A mm-hmm. hundred bucks divided by twelve. This is not going to be good. Ooh, eight dollars thirty-three each. Wow! Wow! When you say it like that, it's actually not that bad. Like you go to a pub and you get a pint, you're not getting much change out of a tenner, are you? Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, true. Okay, I'm happy with that. Anyway, it's a, it's an IPA. Mm. So the gimmick is it's a UM IPA. Very clever. So there's a bit of a pun on the name of it. But what I liked about this thing and why I was more than happy to put my money um, to that cause, reach into the skyrocket and send the guys some cash, I'm hoping that the guys in UMI actually get a little bit of that bloody money. I'm sure they will. doesn't go all to the brewery, although they sound like really nice people. That's a bloody good road trip, Jackers, that we might have to do one of these days, eh? Mm. Up to the foothills of the snowy mountains to get a – Frothy at that brewery, Tumut River Brewery, it's called. It's a, it's Give him a, a plug. It's a beer you got to work for, but probably worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a, a quest that we could go on, like Buddy Frodo. And <laughs> <laughs> so, 
that was probably the craziest lockdown purchase that uh, that I got. But I have no regrets. It's just money at the end of the day. But it did get me thinking, Jackers. Because as we know, the last two years have been, you know, if you're a professional musician, um, it's been shit. Because yet there's been no touring. So there's no international acts coming over here. How many? My, if you look in the inbox of my personal Gmail, it is filled with emails from Ticket Tech and all those companies with rescheduled gigs. Instead of 2019, it's 2020, 2021, 2022. Uh, all full of these rescheduled gigs. Yeah. There's Imagine no- if you were like a up and coming small pub band in the last two years, and that was your primary source of income. Jeez. Absolutely. So that's exactly right. You don't have to be bloody Guns and Roses or something like that, but all of your local musicians too yep. have been doing it tough, Jackers, because all of the venues have had to close. Like the venues themselves, of course, have been doing it tough. That's It's just been a really shitty time. And look, I'm not even comparing myself to any of those people, you know, because I do it part-time. But of course, I haven't had any gigs either. So that's a nice little bit of extra revenue which I could put towards my t-shirt and record um obsession (laughs) and uh i haven't been able to do that myself so thankfully you know where we seem to be on the road out of this shit and it'll be all coming back but i just got thinking jaggers extra revenue stream extra Mm. revenue stream for bands musicians singers etc with alcoholic drinks Mm. now this is an idea that Obviously exists because I've just mentioned they've got UMIPA. I did once see that uh, ACDC released like a bourbon uh, mm-hmm. that you could buy, which is ironic because most of the guys in the band these days are teetotals. Yeah, they don't drink at all. <laughs> they don't drink at all. But yeah, there was, there was an ACDC bourbon that you could get. And I reckon one day when I was looking for a, a bottle of wine as a gift, there might have even been like a Led Zeppelin um, uh, bottle of wine or something and i bought it and it was really shitty wine if i'm quite honest but it just you know so they they do exist there's a little bit of cross promotion but i just wanted to crank it up a notch checkers by doing the pun the play on word the mm. umipa being the good example yeah very clever yeah i hear you and so i mentioned this to you jackers mm, you did. without giving too much away i said to you if you had to come up with a few Alcoholic beverages, which are a pun play on words with a few bands. Could you do that for me? You took that challenge up, Jackers, and so you've prepared a few, I do believe. I've got a ton. <laughs> you might a have ton. me. ton. Have you? You yep. might have me covered here, Jackers. Yeah. So let's do the reveal and then let's just get into it. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Here. Make this. Rock and roll booze. Rock and roll booze. Bring it on. Bring that shit on. So this is a this is a, a, a way, a company that will facilitate making a stream of revenue for these bands in the form of booze. Jaggers, I've got a couple here. Oh, why don't we take it in turns, do you reckon? Okay. Well I've got uh I've got about 12. Good crust. You've got you've got me covered, Jackers, so okay. maybe I'll do one and then you can do two. Okay, let's do that. Sounds good. Okay. What about, ladies and gentlemen, are now available in bottle shops, 
Leonard Tankard of Ale. Leonard Tankard. And Leonard, instead of Leonard Skinnard, Leonard Tankard Leonard of Tankard Ale. Leonard Tankard of Ale, yeah. Like that? Bad. That's pretty good. I like that one. I like that. Let's hear two from you, please, Jackers. Okay. Um, Guns and Rosé. Ooh. Obviously delicious. a, a style, of, style of wine. <laughs> and um, The Crowded House Red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, please. You like that? I'm going to have the uh, the fettuccine matricciana, please, and a glass of the Crowded House Red, please. <laughs> Perfect, Jaggers. You've Great. got this beat. What about the Rolling Stones Ginger Beer? Stones. You heard of oh, it's Stones like Stones Ginger Wine, but it's Ginger Beer. Oh, okay, well, Ginger Wine then. Stones, <laughs> the Rolling Stones Ginger Wine, it should be. You like that? That would be better. Yeah, I like that because I came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a big fan then? I love that one. That's a great idea. Okay, hit me with yours. Um, the ZZ Top Shelf Single Malt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jackass. Come on, hit me with another uh, one. This one, this, I mean, this band might not be well known, um, but it's Ryan, Ryan Adams's former band from back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Which is just love a whiskey it. town. Of course. Whiskey Town. Yep. Perfect. No modifications required at all. Love it. Very good band too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, what about the Steely Dan Murphys? <laughs> <laughs> that just covers a whole range of alcohol, doesn't it? That's a good one. I like that. That's Thank good. you. Yeah. couple more for the Jack Man. Uh, the Bee Jesus, that's good, Shiraz. <laughs> Yes, and this one's right. not this one's not quite a pun, but I just like the way it sounds. Yep, the boss gag Saki. <laughs> That's good. It sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Credence Scotch and Soda Revival. <laughs> yes, I like that. What about yep. the Jimi Hendrix? <laughs> oh wow, it could be a whole range. It could be. Or the classic is another one you don't even have to change the name. The B fifty twos. Of course. Yeah. It's like a shot, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's what it is? Yep. What about speaking of shots, what about the flaming lip sip sucks? <laughs> Very good. Yep. Hey? Yeah, I like that too. Go on, yep. Jaggers. Here's another one you don't even have to change the name. The gin blossoms. There you go. Mm. Perfect. Yep. Great band from the Ooh, 90s. And yeah, here's my next one. I've got, even got a, uh, and I hope you appreciate this, because my next four, I actually invested money in them, Larko. I got a Did prop, you? I got a prop for you. Get out of here. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. I'll show you on the old camera. The Arcade Fireball Whiskey. <laughs> Personal favourite of AJ. Yep. What else have you got? I have got the British India Pale Ale, oh, a local Australian band. Yes, very clever, very clever. I, uh, we played in a um, like a battle of the bands with those guys before they were famous. Is a fun fact. Yep. And they became famous, and we didn't. So fuck those guys. <laughs> yep. Your turn. Uh, you're aware of the Australian band um, Grinspoon? Yes. And their lead singer, what's his name? 
Phil Jamison. The Phil Jamison. <laughs> That's if he went solo. Yeah, I love it. You could it. probably do that with the money if he went solo. Absolutely. Or, uh, hang on, here's another one. Yep. The Kim Wild Turkey. <laughs> she could definitely do with the money too, I reckon. She's hot back in the day. Woo. <laughs> what about... There's a bit of a, uh, a country band, the Zach Brown Ale Band. Oh, yes. Very good. Very good. Like that. I've only got one left, Jackers. Uh, I've, got, I've got two more. Go on, perfect. Um, right. This one, again, don't need to change the name, and I've been drinking this one uh, all evening. <laughs> Bex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scientologist. There you go, perfect. And my last one, I don't have a prop for this one, but this is my absolute favourite. I'm very, very proud of this one, Larko. Yep. The Metallica. Liquor. Liquor. Yeah. The Metallica. I've just made. I've just thought of one because you've got your backs there. Mm-hmm. I've just thought of one. The Dropkick Furfies. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Nice one. And my last one, Jack, is my last one, is <laughs> the presidents of the United States of American Pale Ale. Hang on. What have I missed? Well, the band, remember the presidents of the United yeah. States? Yeah. Lump shit, alone and yeah. a funky kitty on my foot and I want to touch it. American what? Pale Ale. Yeah, but. Oh, yeah, uh, American. Ah, oh, okay, I got gotcha. Sorry, I missed the pun at the end there. Yeah, very good. Yes, you did. Very good. I like That's it. That's it. That's it. Look at that. We've just come up with like 30 or so uh, bands that could benefit from an additional revenue stream through co-branded, marketed alcohol. You can have all of those for free. Actually, no, you can't have those for free. We want cold, hard cash for those ones. And a, and a, and a case... Of each of those uh, alcoholic <laughs> beverages, please. Yep. I realise, though, that the vast majority of those bands probably don't need any money. Uh, no, that's a good point. Kim Wilde probably might be struggling a little bit. <laughs> but Kim Wilde yes. turkey. Oof. Oof, baby. Yeah. Keep me hanging on. Uh, look, Larko, I, that was a lot of fun. It's a good yeah. idea. You're thinking about people that are really struggling. And that's what this show is all about, I think. Helping out the little man. Not little men. That's right. Little men and women. So yeah. I will give you... Boom! Yes! Yes! Explosive. Explosive. Boom! Good. I love it. Thank you, buddy. Well done. That was great. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks, man. I might have to have another Dropkick Murphys. I'm going to have another Bex. Thanks, Beck. Right, Andrew Jackman. Jeez, Louise! I am once again sitting on the edge of my seat in a fairly uncomfortable position. That's a tough um, one to follow, Larko. I, I feel like my idea now is a little bit weak relative to yours. Now you know how I feel most weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with my drawing this week, though. I'm glad that we take turns and go. Somebody goes first, and then the other. Like if we did it in alphabetical order every week, I would. Probably just be like quite a sad person because J comes before L, and every time I'd be like, oh, "Okay, here's mine." 
Yeah, it is. It's good for a giggle, but fucking, there we go. But you've done another good drawing, Jackie. I have. I'm very happy with it. Hey, Larko. Here's another patented Jacker's question to kick off my idea. I love your questions. Have you ever had the displeasure of having to buy a new car? Yes, I have. Twice. Talk me uh, through those experiences. Um, it is quite stressful in a way. A lot of people would see that as being a really joyful occasion. But it's obviously, um, as, as a lot of money that's involved... So, you know, you can't go in there and make a flippant decision like you're in there and you've, you know, you're in Kmart and you just happen to see some a T-shirt for five bucks and you go, I'll have that. You know, it's of no consequence, Jackers. This is a, uh, a big investment, one of the bigger investments that you'll make in your life. Mm. And, of course, not all cars are created equally. So you try and do all your research and this, that and the other before you go. But, you know, this minute you drive it away, they say that it depreciates in value immediately. Mm. Plus, um, your car salesman would have to be, and I say this with all due respect to any, you know, car salesman that might be listening on the podcast. We welcome you, and you all are welcome. So no offense, but they're right up <laughs> but, there with real estate. But <laughs> no offense, but but they're right up there with real estate agents in terms of turning on the wank <sighs> yeah. to get a sale. Yeah, the difference is real estate agents. They don't care who they fuck to get a sale, whereas car salesmen typically just want to fuck you. Like well, a real estate everyone. agent. There. Yeah. Well, that, but the perfect coming in, I'm going to fuck you. Whereas real estate agents go, owner, seller type scenario, one of those two, I'll fuck. I don't care who I fuck, but I'll fuck one of you. I might fuck both of you to get that sale. Do you know what I mean? That's why they're the worst. Yeah. But... Um, and then lucky last, Jack, and I don't want to tread all over your idea is when you go into the little room with uh, the person uh, who's appointed to give you the upsell. And in my experience, as I say, I only bought two new cars in my lifetime. But both of those times, I don't know if this is coincidence or I'm being... I know, you know what you're going to say. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Yeah. Both of those times, they were a very, very attractive woman. Yeah. And I feel like that was... Um, kind of deliberate, and I don't want to sound sexist or chauvinistic or anything here, but I thought, geez, if if they're thinking, right, men are buying a lot of cars, sometimes they're making the decision, not always. So again, I'm not trying to be generalistic or make stereotypical assumptions, but let's say the laws of average are that a lot of the time they are upselling to a bloke who's a dickhead like I was, who would sit there and go, yes, I think I do need tinted windows. Thanks for offering. And uh, and you end up spending an extra five grand or something like that in, in extras. Yeah. So it's a bit traumatic, Jackers, to be honest. It is quite traumatic. And in in that instance, the um, they spring the, let's call her the accessories chick. They yes. spring that person on after you've agreed to buy the car too. Correct. So it's not like you can do a package deal you, you sit there and you negotiate a price and now allow me to introduce sharon who's going to try and sell you a heap of shit you don't need just <laughs> but everything about the experience like you touched on a few things there everything about the experience is not pleasant other than yep. collecting the car the bit where they hand over the keys and you drive away from that fucking dealership 
Everything Can I ask prior you a quick to question? that is annoying. Yes. Quick question, brother. Sorry, mate, to interrupt you. Um, you've bought new cars before. I've bought three. Have you turned up on the day that your car is ready in the showroom and you've turned up and there's enormous big bow on the car like a present? <laughs> no. Have you ever had that happen? I haven't had that one. Me neither. <laughs> is that a new thing? Because you see lots of people posting stuff on, on the Instagram and all that sort of stuff and you go, where's my big bow? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I right. want a big bow. I reckon if that did happen, I would I would say – Oh, that that's fantastic. And I would grab the keys and I would take the bow with me because the yeah. bow is obviously a reusable thing. And I would go, no, 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 I'm taking the bow. That. I'm keeping yep. the bow. Driving down the P and Highway with the bow on your car. <laughs> with the bow on your car. Yeah, I got right. a I got a golf umbrella uh, as like a, a gift when I bought my car because oh, yeah. it's a golf. Yeah, yeah. Volkswagen. Very clever. And uh, it's like, oh, geez, thanks. For my twelve dollar golf umbrella, and I've just spent forty grand on a car. I really appreciate that. That's uh, that's that's awesome. That's a kind gesture. Thank you. But everything about the experience, from the time that you walk in to the time that you collect your keys, is just annoying. Yeah. And the dealerships are there. I get that they're there to do a job, but everything that they do, you think to yourself, oh, I, don't, I just don't trust you. Yeah. I don't trust you. Like a lot of the tricks that they use when they're selling you a car. I think that the internet has helped a lot because it allows yeah. people to do a lot of research and read all of the, you know, independent reviews now to get an yep. honest opinion. You're not reliant just on the dealer to spin the spin the shit and tell yeah. you. You can actually do a bunch of research and then you might narrow your cars down to three that meet your needs and then you go to the dealership and you want to actually drive them and, and try them out to make your final decision. And I think that that's great. But before that was available, you kind of have to just rely on these shysters. That's right. To, to tell you the truth. And they don't want to tell you the truth. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good sale. Yep. Like some of the tricks that they would use, the one that would annoy me the most, that I had actually had a go at a couple of dealers about, like the last car that I, I purchased, I'd made up my mind. I knew that I wanted this particular car and I knew the color I wanted. I knew um, which model in the range that I wanted. I knew the accessories that I wanted. Like I was ready to go and I had my money sorted out and all I was wanting to do was just, just do the deal. I just want to negotiate the price and I've done enough negotiation in my life to know the kind of the tricks that people use in negotiation. So I'm pretty prepared. But the Ooh. one where you go in and you go, look, I I want to buy this car. I'm ready to I'm ready to buy. Well, I mean, if it's a no negotiation, you probably wouldn't say that up front. I'm going to buy this car. I am yeah. today I'm going to buy this car. You Here's would, my credit card quick. <laughs> yeah. You would go in and go, I'm really interested in this. Let's talk, let's talk a deal type thing. You yep. wouldn't give your hand away like that, but you're ready to purchase. You don't give your hand away. You walk in, you sit down and you go through and they start typing shit into the computer. Mm -hmm. What have we got in stock? Oh, no, I'll need to get that and blah, blah, blah. And I just sit there kind of waiting for them to respond. And then the classic one that they always do, they pitch you a price and you in your head you're like, that's not good enough. I don't want to accept that. 
and you say, no, you're going to have to do better than that. And the classic one that they do is go, yeah, okay, I'm going to have to go speak to my manager about that. Yeah. And that happens every fucking time. Yeah. And so the, the thing that I do now, well, in the last few times I've brought a car, I've said, well, why am I talking to you if you can't make decisions? Yeah. Go, well, hang on. If you've got to go over there and talk to that guy, bring him over. Why am I talking to you? You go away. You go away because that guy's got the authority to negotiate with me. They, they do it deliberately to kind of buy time and make you think that you're getting a good deal and all that stuff. But I just call them out on it. The last time I bought a car, I did that. I said, so you're telling me you can't make a decision and negotiate with me. So why am I talking to you? Go and get that guy over there and bring him over and I'll talk to him directly. It's a really old-fashioned sales technique because my my day job is, I I hate calling it sales, but we are connected with the sales department. And I used to work for a company where the sales, the general manager of sales was this really old guy, very old-fashioned. And he would say, that is the best power of negotiation you have. You just you, you, you basically defer to somebody else. I can't make that decision for you. If I could get that for you, would you sign today? Yeah. And that sort of thing. they go and they go, yeah. hey, what, did you watch a footy on the weekend? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I'm going to exactly. go back it's and like tell this guy this, okay? Yeah, fine, no worries. It's like that scene out of Fargo where <laughs> yeah, exactly. William H. Macy goes out there and goes, Oh, what do you think about the Rangers? They're going to have a good year this year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, and he goes back out there and, and he just hasn't talked about the thing at all. And by the way, it when I was trying to use that uh, negotiation technique from the other side of the fence, Jackers, yeah. it didn't work then either. Didn't it? Like, oh, people called you out exactly the same as you all the time. They'd go, um, listen, no, no offense, you're a lovely guy and everything, but maybe I should just speak directly to that geezer. Yeah. If you can't make the call right now, well, we're wasting time. Yeah, that's right. And then the last time I bought, I purchased a new car, I had the accessories chick come over. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'd already done my research. I knew what I wanted. I wanted some tinted windows. I wanted floor mats and I wanted a, a boot liner. And, yep. and that's pretty much it. And so she's like, oh, well, can I interest you in the rust protector? <laughs> and I said... <laughs> hang on, you've just sold me a car or you're about to sell me a car. Are you telling me this sucker's going to rust? <laughs> no, no, we're not saying that. Okay, well, why why do I need rust protector for? Or, so good. Or, like, or you, you want the Juco protection. Oh, hang on. <laughs> so you're telling me that the paint's going to fade and what? What are you telling me? Yeah. Oh, no, it's not going to do that. Okay, well, why do I need that? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, so good, Jaggers. Just call them out on this shit. But I think that a lot of the public fall for it um, because they look at things through the rose-coloured glasses and they're just excited about a new car and they they think, oh, I'm spending 40 grand. I might as well spend another 500 and get the fucking locking wheel nuts again, which is another ridiculous purchase. Like you, you don't think that people that steal the wheels off cars already have of all of those fucking locking wheel nut um, things to take your wheels off. You're an it idiot. It might fall off. On, you're on the freeway. Your wheel just might fall off. So for peace of mind, we recommend the locking nuts. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds oh, okay. I want to secure my wheels. Yeah, those, those criminals are dumb, aren't they? They're not going to have oh, yeah. that particular locking wheel nut. Uh, and for the very small fee of $1,000 per wheel. 
just everything about it is you're going to shaft me and I don't want to get shafted. Yeah, fair enough. But the dealerships have had this stranglehold, I reckon, on the industry. And it's a shame that it's structured that way. You can't buy a new car off the manufacturer. You've got to go through a dealership. Yep. So I would compare the way that this industry is now similar to how the taxi industry had been operating for eons before Uber came along. Oh, right. okay. Interesting. So the taxi industry had this stranglehold on private transport options. Yep. There was a limited number of companies, certainly in Australia there is, and the taxi drivers had to have a license and the license was incredibly expensive per year. It was like 50 grand or something. That's right. And no one else at all was able to operate a taxi without being a registered company and having licensed drivers with proper um, paid up taxi licenses. And, and obviously the amount of shirts, uniform shirts that they were allowed to buy is also limited <laughs> given that they must have been wearing the same shirt for at least two and a half weeks and they very often... Limited. Very limited. Stink. <laughs> And that was part of the problem though, Larko. You see, their their customers, I, I cannot think of a person that ever caught a taxi that went, I love taxis. No one ever <laughs> said that. No one ever said, I love taxis. Taxis are great. They're nah. such, it's such a, an amazing service. The, yep. the industry had this stranglehold on the customers and the customers hated it. The, and the taxis stank. They offered yep. shit service. They were slow. They didn't respond to the phone. Um, they were slow to arrive. You didn't know if they were coming or not. Um, mm-hmm. You'd fight for a cab at the taxi rank. You'd be on the phone on hold waiting for fucking ever to get through to the operator to order your taxi. They weren't always safe. And then when you did get one, they were shit. That's right. You couldn't, like a black cab in London is Racist. so much better than what it was in Australia. You could get in, they were clean, they were tidy. You could say, I'm going to this address. Yep. And that's it. They yep. knew exactly where that was. It was part of, because they had to have what's called the knowledge. Have you heard about that? Yes. To, to get your taxi license in the UK, you had to pass the, the test. Yeah. In, in London, they typically were older blokes and they would just sit there and they would tell you, oh, this just reminds me of the rise of Margaret Thatcher, it does. And they would have these conversations. They didn't, weren't looking at the GPS or anything like that. They just knew exactly where they were going. Traffic's fucking everywhere. Yep. Nuts, but they knew exactly where they were going. Yeah, real, yeah. They had skill. They were respected, but an amazing skill. You Like we would, li- we lived in an area, southeast London, um, and I would get in a black cab and I would go, 47 Iceland Wharf, please. And you go, oh, oh, is that down near um now past the Tesco on um, you know, past Southwark and all that kind of? I go, yep, that's it. And he would just take me there. And yep. he's not looking on his fucking phone. There's no yeah. GPS. He knew exactly where that was. Yeah, incredible. In Australia, sucked balls. Yep. Always sucked balls. And every single indicator for that industry, um, they should have known that your customers aren't happy. But 
unfortunately, their customers had no choice. Yeah. And they would go, ah, what are you going to do about it? We've cornered mm. the market. We don't have to do, we don't have to, we don't have to reform. We don't have to fix ourselves because you've got no other choice. And yep. guess what happened, Larko? Uber. Uber came along. You know, I used to work at a company um, and their office was in Tullamarine, so in Melbourne, obviously, which is where the airport is. So I sometimes used to do travel interstate for work and there was a big deal. It was in the papers and stuff at the time. This is going back a while ago um, where all these taxi drivers had to queue up basically to then be in the queue in the taxi rank at the airport and sometimes they'd be waiting for ages. So I would come along. I've just had a flight from Sydney or wherever, an hour and a half flight, I'm ready to go. But my car is parked at Tullamarine at, at my work and I need to go back there. You'd hop in the back of the cab. Oh, how are you going? Um, yeah, I'm just going to blah, 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 which is two kilometres down the road. And they would refuse to take my fare. And one time I was sort of halfway in saying, oh, mate, I'm really sorry. It's only a short fare. I'll look after you, though. It's only, you know, the, and he started driving off with me sort of half hanging out. Yeah. And I, I almost sort of hurt my leg. And I'm a pretty easy-going dude. I don't like confrontation, as we've discussed many times. I don't get fired up that many that often, really. But, Jesus, I absolutely lost my shit. Because it's not our fault as no. the consumer. We didn't come up with that, um, that process. System. Yeah. That system. So the person you don't take it out on is the customer. So you're right, Jack, I'm 100% on board. Explosion. So, oh, sorry, you haven't actually presented yet. <laughs> sorry. So I just, it was a very good point. The most annoying thing about the taxi industry was that at the time that Uber came in, they had the technology. Yeah. Apps were available. Smartphones were available. GPS was available. You could have, they could have built Uber, but they went, nah, nah, not going to do that because we don't have to, because we've got the market cornered. Uber comes along, finds a loophole. They're not operating as a taxi. They're operating as a ride share service. Yeah. Better service, cleaner, cheaper, although their prices have gone up a little bit, but, but I think people are willing to pay for that because it's more convenient it's faster. There's no cash. You're not going to get ripped off at the end of the trip. The number of times I got in a cab and they would turn the meter off. Have you had that one? Oh, yes. Oh, I reckon Many half times. a dozen times I get in the cab and the meter's off and I'm like, this guy's going to screw me. Yep. And Literally. And get to the end of the trip and I go, okay, how much is that? And you go, oh, 20 bucks. And I go, well, it's on the meter. Oh, nothing. <laughs> Nothing's on the meter. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I guess it's nothing. No, well, hang on. Oh, the meter's broken or, oh, it's the end of my shift and I've had to turn the meter off or whatever. All that shit. Every indicator hey. was that they were trying to shaft you. And then 100%. Uber came along and disrupted the industry. And then the taxi industry cries foul and asks for compensation. Yeah, I don't no, know anyone happy. that... Who who would still catch a taxi right now? Why? Why would you do it? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I, I think that unless you were um, like at a hotel or something like that, that they had a cab rank and you literally just walked out the front as a guest of a hotel yep. and they're just sitting there waiting, ready to go. And, what's, and you go into the airport, what's the difference? 
But yeah, if you're trying to hail a cab, like you're a fool to yourself and a burden on others. Yeah. Because it's just fraught with issues. And I don't think when the taxi industry then cried foul, oh, you can't do this to us. What about the license fees that we pay and all that? I don't reckon any one of their customers gave two shits about their whining. Yeah. Um, or being put out of business. No one. They, I reckon the customer base went, screw you. You've shafted us for years. You had the opportunity to change and you never did. I don't care about you anymore. Wow. I can appreciate that from customers. Getting back to new cars, though, Larko. Oh, yes. I think the car new car sales industry is ripe for disruption. Ripe the, for the picking. In the same way <laughs> that the taxi industry was disrupted by Uber, I reckon Ooh. that customers, and we've talked about it already, are tired of their bullshit. Why do I have to go into a dealership? Why do I have to negotiate on price every time? Why do I have to talk to the accessories chick? I've already made up my mind. I know I want to buy this car. Why do you make it so? Why do you make it such a stressful and difficult process for me? Yeah. So, after all of that, (laughs) let me hear. Make this the car supermarket. <laughs> so I've got a picture there. Keep four- your eyes open for a bargain. <laughs> car supermarket. That is four cars on the shelf at the car supermarket there, Larko. And I'm going to talk you through this idea. Right? Fantastic drawing. Dealerships are no more. We're done. We're done. We are done with dealerships. Wow. The only way that a manufacturer can sell a new car is through a some kind of supermarket where it's not the Holden supermarket and it's not the Hyundai supermarket. It's just a car supermarket. Yep. And all of the brands are there mm-hmm. and you can walk in. You can go and take one for a test drive if you want. You can check it out. You can sit in it, whatever. And like a supermarket, when you walk along the aisle, the prices are fixed. You don't go into Coles and negotiate on a packet of spaghetti. No. Same way. Car supermarket, that car there is 30 grand. Oh, well, what about if we, can you do me a deal? No, there is no deal. That is the deal. The car is 30 grand. It's fixed. And it doesn't matter what supermarket you go to, they're all the same fucking price. That's number one. So there is no need to negotiate. There's no stress. There's no running around town trying to find the best deal because all the supermarkets, their car price is fixed. And the deal, the the manufacturers can fix that that retail price. That's fine. Don't, Don't have to deal with that. So everyone gets the same fucking deal. You can buy them off the shelf. So you basically walk in and you go, don't mind that uh, Holden Commodore. I'm going to take that for a test drive. You go for a test drive. You come back and go, yep, that's the one for me. How much is it? 40 grand. Well, I'm not going to negotiate because I know that that's the price. Have you got it in white? Yes, we have. It's out the back. Go and get it. Yep. There is no accessories chick at all. The prices for accessories are fixed and the prices for the accessories are on the website. As a matter of fact, Larko, 
Yes. You can jump on thecarsupermarket.com and just order your fucking car from there. Oh, I, want a, I want a white Commodore. I want floor mats and I want those types of wheels. Boom. That's the price. No negotiation required. It'll be ready tomorrow. Go and get it. Delivery? Yeah, fuck it. Why not? No, Delivery. I was say it's a car. I don't know what the guy's going to do once he drops it off. I but reckon. That's his problem. Uber. <laughs> that's his pro- Uber. Yeah. I reckon that Tesla's kind of done this a little bit. I was going to bring up Tesla because, um, yeah, in one of the big shopping centers in Melbourne mm. is a Tesla showroom. Yep. Pretty much. I'm, I'm reasonably certain that their prices are fixed. Pretty hard to and, drive and it you off can the order them online. Floor in- <laughs> yeah, drive it off the showroom floor. I'll take that one. Thanks, thank you. Give me the keys. There's no keys. It's fucking off you go. Down the escalator. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a bit awkward. But I'm pretty the sure court. their prices are fixed. You can't just walk in and negotiate a Tesla. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. They've thought of everything, yeah. those best. It's- but the car supermarket's got all the brands. All of them. Yep. It's like a it's like a cost think a Costco, right? Yep. It's like a warehouse with aisles and aisles of all the car brands with a little price tag on it. And you walk down, you go, oh, yeah, that looks good. Yep, I've done my research. I know I want to go and take my bloody, I don't know, Ford Falcon for a drive. Take it for a drive. Happy with that one. Walk in, boop, credit card, punch it into the computer, get back in your car, go home. Next day, it's delivered to your door. Done. There you go. No stress. I like it. What is um? What let me try and play devil's advocate here and think about what do the your car dealerships? What service do they provide? Well, service. What would happen in terms of service, Jackers? Would there be any sort of after sales service offered well, by your car supermarket? You certainly do have to get your car serviced regularly. It would be fixed price. Now we're talking. So all of the prices for getting a car serviced and all of the parts and all of that mumbo-jumbo is fixed. Up front, you know what the costs are. So yeah. when you're walking down the aisle of the car supermarket, it might have the price of the car and then it might say underneath that, the fixed price of your first service is going to be 400 bucks, yep. and then every service after that is going to be $250. Guaranteed fixed price. No yeah. negotiations. No sales bloke bullshitting you that you're going to need a new fan belt and all of that stuff. They wear that cost. If your car breaks or a part breaks or whatever, they wear that cost. It's fixed. It does not change. So you're guaranteed, you're, you're assured that for the life of that car, it's going to cost you 40 grand up front and then you know it's going to cost you another 300 bucks a year fixed price maintenance. It's hard to argue with the uh, the logic that you're you're putting forward here, Jackers. The um, because I I have a, a Volkswagen, right? It's the first time I've ever had a European car, and we take it to the dealership. Until recently, we used to go to the dealership, and by God, they are getting a good chunk of change out of the Laco every time I'm getting it serviced. Expensive to very expensive, Jackers. Everything's more expensive, you know. And that, that, but the the some of the things that they offer you, as if, in terms of you taking it to a dealership, is they always wash your car, so you get a, a car wash when you get a service. I sometimes think, Jackers, that you drop it off for a service, some guy washes it, and that's <laughs> it. Yeah, 
$250, thanks. There's a courtesy bus that takes you from uh, the dealership back to your house as long as you live within the kilometre radius of the uh, of the dealership. You have to work out something there, Jackers. I love it. Very much. Free coffee. Sometimes you get a free coffee. Yep. I'm just trying to think of the perks of of the actual dealership itself. So the hot chick who tries to sell you all of your accessories package, um, she's now, you know, she, got no job. She's out of a job. Yeah, the job. So I imagine the car salesman, they're probably going to real estate. Uh, they crank it up a notch. <laughs> I think there's still a place for employees at the car supermarket, though, Larko. Yeah. Like, you're oh, yeah, still going to have undecided people, right? But it's not going to be a pushy salesman who's going to push you towards, you know, a particular model. He's not working on a commission. Right? Yeah, Get rid maybe. of fucking commissions. That's half the problem, right? Just That's pay right. them a decent wage, a fixed hourly rate that's a decent wage and then they don't give a shit what car you buy yeah. they don't care like the, yeah, like the guy at the supermarket doesn't give a shit what pasta you buy he's just happy that's to sell your pasta yes San Remo yes <laughs> it's like that character in the Simpsons it's a fairly new character he's a really nervous salesman I think his name's Gil Gil he's been and around like for a he's... while Little while he's like, oh man, I think I had the seal there. I had him on the hook. <laughs> he always talks about himself in the third person. Yeah. Oh, Gil, what are you gonna come do? on, Gil, you can do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear, now you're 100% right. The whole commission bonus type structure um, where their earning capacity can be just absolutely astronomically high, just give these guys a pretty good wage. Yeah. And then, and then go just. That would encourage them to just be honest because they're not going to buy that one. They're going to buy that one. Yeah. Yeah. Because they would walk down the aisles and you would definitely still have people that need a little bit of advice. You know, I'm I'm not like, here's my requirements. I'm I'm tossing up between this and this. Can you help me? And you're not going to be pushed to one model because the guy's going to get a better commission or, um, you know, this, this one's on sale and the company's going to make a better margin on order. He's going to yeah. go, well, it doesn't matter to me what car you buy. I just want to make sure that you get the right car for you and that you're happy. Yeah. So let's talk about that. And he can, you know, point you in the right direction and offer you advice and whatever and educate you and make sure that you end up with the right car to meet your needs. What's interesting, Jackers, is that like, this will come as no surprise. I'm not very good when it comes to anything mechanically minded in terms of your car. No, so I'm, don't say that about yeah, yourself, Larko. No. Oh no, no, I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm fine with it. I've come to accept it. I'm not sticking my head under the hood and you know fixing shit, right? And these days, cars are you know pretty much they connect a computer to it, and the computer tells it what's wrong with it, right? But I feel like if it's a brand new car, whether it's a Hyundai gets right down this end, right up to a fucking Mercedes Benz. If it's a new car, how bad can it be? Surely the risk is if you're buying a second-hand car, you are buying something that's been driven thousands of kilometres potentially yeah, and maybe not looked after all that well, or maybe it has, and all that sort of stuff. And that's where you go, oh, fuck, I've, I've bought a lemon and it's uh, and it's shit because it's been run to the ground, or it's been I mean? an Is accident, it? or whatever. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, most new cars nowadays, 
they're so good with their quality control and they're so reliable that pretty much any new car that you buy, you're not going to end up, you know, in the first five years that you, even 15 years that you own it, providing you're taking care of it, you're not going to end up on the side of the road with a fucking smoking engine calling the RACV. It just doesn't happen anymore, I don't reckon. Unless you've treated the car badly, unless you haven't had it serviced, you haven't Mm -hmm. changed the oil, you haven't filled up the petrol regularly or anything like that. If you treat your car well, you're not going to end up in that situation, I don't reckon. For sure. I really like it, Jackers. I think it's a good idea. I think that the... um, the drawing is fantastic. So I give you four points for that straight away. I'm going to remove a point, Jackers, because I think you'll find that there is a place called the car supermarket already. There's a car yard in the south of Melbourne, south, uh, south uh, eastern suburbs, not too far from mine, you'll find, called the car supermarket. So we might have to give it a uh, different Struck name. out on the name. Okay. On the yeah, name. Point. Yeah. Theirs is, is hardly a supermarket. It's not a supermarket at all. So it's not like I can immediately say that your idea exists like sleeping tablets or something. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to take a point off you for that, Jackers, and give okay. you the old Sydney fireworks. Thank you, Maze. Very good. happy with that. I'm very happy. And i got one more thing off my chest. You feel better, buddy? <laughs> I feel much better. Much better. You'll sleep cath- well tonight. Is cathartic the right word? Is that the word? It is. Absolutely is the perfect word. It allows me to vent. It's good, mate. You're going to live an extra 10 years at least. Yeah. Your average warranty on a new vehicle. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Hey, guess what? What? This will be the last virtual one, hopefully, for quite some time. We can do our upcoming recordings in person. Absolutely, and I am going to break two to three of your ribs with a big cuddle, <laughs> and you can't do anything to stop me, Jackers. It's happening. I can't wait. I really can't <laughs> wait. It's going to be awesome. Me too, mate. Can't wait either. I will see you then. You've been listening to Here Make This. Don't forget you can find all our sketches and follow us on social media at Here Make This on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Also check our website to subscribe to the podcast, join the Ideas crew and see all the latest episodes and sketches at hearemakethis.com. We always appreciate listener comments, sketches and ideas that you guys have, so don't forget to hashtag Here Make This to keep us in the loop. Thank you, dear listeners, as always, for tuning in. I'm Matt Larkin. And I'm Andrew Jackman. And until the next episode, see you later. You've been listening to Here Make This. All ideas presented here are copyright Here Make This.